Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoopball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, May 11th. I got a very special guest in the booth. No, we did not get caught up with YSL. We are good. We are not linked to the streets, but um, we've been hearing things here in the streets of Atlanta as far as trade rumors. So we're here to be a special guest that is a friend of the program. You already know he is always here off and on, but we're going to introduce him real quick. I just wanted to drop what this episode is going to be about. I'm sorry I left you guys, you know, took a little hiatus uh, and focusing on school and work and took time off since, you know, our great conversation with Glenn, but we are back. Stop spreading these rumors around. If I'm, I mean, shout out to the Proud family. If you do not know where that's from, uh, I know this guest comes from a very proud family from the heartland of Illinois, but he's recording in St. Louis, a friend of the program, King Drip himself, fashionista, NBA savant, David Bracey, back in the building. David, how are you doing on this Wednesday evening up in the loop? Oh, Brad, we're feeling pretty decent. We're watching the uh, Bucks and uh, Celtics game right now, and Drew Holiday just put the clamps on the DPOY. So, man, this has been a really fun series to watch, but nothing more fun than hopping on a podcast with my man. So let's get it. Trade rumors. Trade rumors. Trade rumors. Yes, tis the season. It is here. David, I'm going to have you, you know, keep an eye on that Boston-Milwaukee game because I have a vested interest in um, – the outcome of this series, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but rumors, and, and I know you guys are probably like, well, when Travis Schlank came out on the radio and said that, you know, this offseason, you know, moves will be made, moves will be made this offseason, uh, Travis Schlank, you know, finishing, you know, another above average year for the standards as far as for Atlanta, um, high approval rating, but after this year, it's time for a shakeup. I know a lot of people were very critical around the trade deadline that something didn't shake then, but I agree that the Hawks were in an evaluation year and they were going to really test things this summer. And he alluded to that in a radio interview last week. And now the rumors, it's like <laughs> the earthquake epicenter was last week. And now we're feeling the after effects and a potential another earthquake could happen this offseason as far as trade. So I'm going to kick it to you, David, because I want you to set the stage as far as I mean, it was funny because David texted me this morning about this rumor and I was tweeting about it as he was texting me. So we were already seeing eye to eye, which meant we knew we were recording about this tonight. So, David, I'm going to put you on the spot as far as the rumors that have been circulating about the Hawks. Yeah, there's a lot of them right now, you know, unsurprisingly so. We knew that they had, you know, kind of a, a whoa, my goodness. I'm sorry to just 
to just lose it right now. But Drew Holiday put the clamps on Marcus Smart again on back-to-back plays. This man locked Marcus Smart and then took his cookies at half court. And Marcus Smart is standing there with his green hair like the Grinch stole Christmas. It is a sad day in Boston. Uh, it is a holiday in Boston, but not the one that they wanted. It's a Drew holiday. So Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. I, 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 love the, I, lo- I love hearing it. Um, you guys know Pelicans fan here and, you know, resident of Louisiana at one point in time in my life. And that's where I developed the love for the Hornets at the time, but now Pelicans and Drew Holiday, longtime Pelican, got a ring with Boston. I mean, sorry, with Milwaukee last year, which was tough to swallow, obviously, because he went through us to get to the NBA Finals. But happy for him as a player. So it's great to hear that. And I just have a vested interest in not seeing Boston, you know, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But carry on, David. Yeah, Drew Holiday just looked Marcus Smart right in his eyes and said, I'm the captain now, Um, man. But in regards to the Hawks, unsurprisingly so, there's been a lot of rumors. Um, You know, they kind of had what a lot of teams wish they had, which is, you know, a a king's ransom of riches, of of exorbitant amount of, you know, assets that they could potentially move off of. Um, And ultimately it, became an issue because they chose not to do that. They had a roster that was far too deep for them to have a whole lot of cohesion. Um, and you kind of saw that throughout the season with a bunch of the different lineups that they rolled out. And ultimately it came back to bite them when they really weren't able to execute against a team like Miami, who has kind of, you know, predicated the whole basis of their franchise on culture. Culture is very, very important. Um, so in regards to the Hawks, they got a lot of options. You know, they have players on their roster that a lot of NBA teams would like to have, and they need to make some kind of change because we have seen as far, in my opinion, as this roster can go in its current form. So the rumors that we were talking about earlier specifically involved DeAndre Hunter going potentially to the Utah Jazz for either Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert coming back. And a potential trade between the Brooklyn Nets and the Atlanta Hawks should the Nets decide they are ready to move off Ben Simmons. To address the first piece, the Utah Jazz piece, Donovan Mitchell is not going to Atlanta. I love you I agree. I agree. (laughs) That's not happening. Like, that's not happening. The two real threats to take Donovan Mitchell right now are the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat. Those are very real threats to the Utah Jazz, and and they know it, you know, the New York Knicks entire front office, with the exception of James Dolan, because I believe he was putting on a concert with his band someplace. Um, (laughs) They attended the entirety of the Utah Jazz's very brief playoff appearance. So they are in. And obviously we know Donovan Mitchell's guy is D. Wade, and we know it will forever be Wade County. So that threat is real. In my opinion, Utah is going to do the thing that a franchise should do except in this case, I think they should do the opposite. And what I mean by that is they are going to double down on their young star and try to appease him to get him to stay long-term because they know very shortly he will be up potentially um, for a new contract and a very, very exciting free agency should he choose to entertain it. I expect he's going to. Um, If he does not force his way out of there prior to, I do not see Donovan Mitchell spending the rest of his career in Utah, but Utah needs him. They, they, they need him to fill the stands. As great as Rudy Gobert is, 
Rudy Gobert does not fill the stands like Donovan Mitchell does. And it's unfortunate because when they move Rudy Gobert this summer, which I'm predicting they will do, they will no longer be a championship contending team, in my opinion, because he is what makes them that with what he brings to the table on defense. And I know there's been a lot of people clowning Rudy lately, especially with him talking about he would lock up Shaq, you know, and I don't think anybody can lock up Shaq, but he could probably hold his own for a couple possessions. Let's give this man some, some credit. I mean, I'll give him some, but yeah, barbecue chicken, like Shaq said, but that's what the Jazz are going to do. I think they're going to move Rudy Gobert. I think that the Atlanta Hawks would be a really good partner for them. They could give them back Capella. Um, we clearly know there's some interest in DeAndre Hunter. Utah could essentially tell their fans, hey, this is not a rebuild. This was us retooling the roster around Donovan Mitchell with youth and exciting verticality from Clint Capella and you know this switchable wing and DeAndre Hunter, et cetera. You could definitely sell that to people. The issue is that the Jazz will be a worse team. The great news for the Hawks is they would be a significantly better team. They would have one of the best centers in the NBA, if not the best defensive center in the NBA. And again, no shade to Embiid. You know, he's doing his thing. But that's something that the Hawks desperately need is a defensive anchor because unfortunately their star is a defensive sieve and that is Trey Young. He is an absolute He's he's worse than a zero on defense. He is a net negative. And again, people, I'm not throwing shade. These are the numbers. The dude is a net negative, unfortunately. He is incredible on offense, but until the Hawks can find a remedy to the Trey Young defensive problem, they will have a very, very limited ceiling in what is quickly turning into an incredibly deep Eastern Conference. So there's a lot of things for them to consider. Second half of that is, in regards to the Ben Simmons situation, I can't even really go into it because I have no idea what the Nets are going to do. They had a press conference today with Steve Nash and Sean Marks talking about the season, talking about what is to come for next season. And there was a whole lot of things that they said. And one of the things that they didn't say is that they were committing to Kyrie long term. I don't know what that means for this roster because they cannot just replace him in free agency. Um I don't know what they will do should they decide to move away from Kyrie. And if they move away from Kyrie, I do not see them moving Ben Simmons. I do not see that. However, if Kyrie stays and Ben Simmons does become available, Brad, I think that you had a couple suggestions in regard to who could come back. So I would like to kind of hear what your take would be on that, as well as the potential for a Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert appearance slash arrival in Atlanta. So I'll start off with Simmons. Uh, I agree with you with the rumblings about Kyrie Irving. We can't really speculate the Hawks getting Ben Simmons. I know the Hawks and the Ben Simmons and the Nets and the 76ers have all been connected since last summer, I'd say. There have been rumblings about potentially Ben Simmons in a Hawks uniform. And he does improve things drastically defensively and gives them someone else who can, you know, ball handle, get to the rim, defend at a high level on the perimeter, and protect the paint a little bit as well. Um, But we haven't seen him play in over a year now. And he just had back surgery, which he came out and said that he's he's feeling great after the surgery, which everyone says after surgery, even though that's cap. But um, 
you just it's a big unknown, especially with the mental health aspect. Physically, you know, if he's there in both aspects, he's going to be one of the best defensive players in the league. And that's something that the Hawks drastically need next to Trey Young. But that's a big if, even though the asking price will probably be lower for Ben Simmons now. It's still a big question mark. And then as far as Rudy Gobert, I think between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, would you send me a funny tweet about their de- the defense for the Hawks? If they get Spider and Ice Trey in that front in that backcourt, and it was just a gate blocking the sidewalk, but the grass on the other sides of each of it was just open. So you could base there's no defense. There's no defense between Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young. Let's just be real. But Gobert drastically is an upgrade defensively from Clint Capella. As much as I love Clint Capella and he wants to be that defensive anchor for this team, Gobert is an upgrade. He's a DPOY guy for a lot of years in this league. Three-time All-Star, big body, physical. Even though he's a liability at times offensively with his free throw shooting, I mean, you still have a, you know, a lob partner in Rudy Gobert, and you have someone that's going to really rim protect, especially when you have bigs like Giannis and Embiid roaming around in the Eastern Conference. Now, to your point, David, I, even before, you know, rumblings of the Hawks and Rudy Gobert, I said that Rudy Gobert would be a good fit for a lot of teams. The Bulls would be a good fit. The Hawks would be a good fit. But I'm really interested to see what's going to happen up in Toronto. I keep talking about Toronto because I'm interested in Pascal Siakam for the Hawks trying to make a trade for him, especially if they move on from him because they want the Scotty Barnes era to begin in Toronto. So I want to pivot back to you. What do you think of a potential fit if he were made available of Pascal Siakam coming to the Atlanta Hawks? I think Siakam would be a great addition to the Hawks because of his size and the playmaking ability he's going to bring to them from the four position. You could even potentially play him on small ball five and, you know, the smaller lineups that the Hawks sometimes like to run when you have Bogdanovich and you have Trey Young out there. And, you know, depending on if you're able to keep, um, you know, a DeAndre Hunter or whomever you may have on the wing. Um, I think Siakam would be great. I think he's a really, really talented player. Um, I just don't necessarily know if the Toronto Raptors are looking to move him, even though, to your point, you know, the emergence of Scotty Barnes has definitely raised some eyebrows and, it is a well-known thing that there have been calls made to the Toronto Raptors about Pascal Siakam. I believe earlier in the season, the Toronto Raptors potentially may have been making the calls. So it remains to be seen what they're going to do. Masai is, you know, very, very elusive when it comes to his tactics. Um, I don't think anybody really saw the Kawhi Leonard trade coming until he did it. So who knows, you know, maybe they think that they're able to swing for the fences again on somebody like that. And Siaka would be a great chip in that regard. So. um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and to go back to Utah real quick, because you mentioned packaging, you know, Deandre Hunter, Clint Capella, and I've seen, you know, this article with you athletic add Jalen Johnson and some picks to that cachet, but depending on because obviously Utah is going to dictate this. Gallinari could replace Capella realistically, which would be very interesting if they kept Capella and traded Gallinari instead. Because if the Jazz are willing to do that, Capella could easily be another trade piece for another team out there. So as far as if we're playing chestnut checkers, 
to go back to, you know, the point as far as if Pascal Siakam is available, the Hawks, like you said, have some flexibility as far as who they can package and send to get what they need this offseason. Yeah, they definitely do. You know, and again, that's a great problem to have. A lot of franchises wish that they had too many resources and they had to figure out a way to condense and consolidate the talent on their team. Um, so the Hawks are, are coming from a position of power here. And that's why I think that they will be very aggressive this offseason, looking for players, looking to upgrade their roster to add talent where they can. And most specifically, to really bolster their defense. Because as I said, that that is going to be really the make or break for them going forward is what they're able to do or prevent more specifically on defense. Yeah, because it's, I mean, as much as, you know, the rumors excite me about potentially getting a Rudy Gobert and obviously improving their defense, there was an affinity for me to get DeAndre Hunter. And I was talking to some of you guys uh, who listed a program online about, you know, your reluctance to get rid of DeAndre Hunter. He has shown flashes, but he has yet to put it all together as far as the health in his game and being consistent on both ends of the floor. We've seen what it could be in this series with Miami. Now, it was a humiliating series all in all, which led to what was the, you know, not, not led to, but was the bow on top of this really underwhelming season after the season the Hawks had last year. And people are, you know, clamoring to fire, you know, Naaman Millen. And but like I said, like you have an affinity, you're a fan, you have an affinity for that player. But in order for the Hawks to take this next step, they have to get better defensively. They have to have someone to really cover, you know, or blanket a little bit Trey Young's flaws defensively, which are noted. And David already spoke to them on this program. So he will give you your Twitter at the end of this. So if you want to talk to him about that, you can. But he's telling the he's telling the facts. He's telling the facts at this point. And Rudy Gobert would be a much better upgrade for this team than a Siakam or Donovan Mitchell. It's exciting a spider in Atlanta uniform would be. And yeah, like the Hawks are doing pretty well in attendance, and that would put more butts in the seat seeing Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young every night. But it's not going to push the needle as far as truly getting them up there with Boston right now, with Milwaukee, with Phoenix. I'm oh, sorry, not Phoenix, Philadelphia, Miami, all these other teams in the East. Phoenix, obviously, we're behind as well. But when you're talking the scope of the Eastern Conference, you're going to have to make moves to get better and counteract that size that's in the Eastern Conference right now. Rudy Gobert does that, and he fixes that right away. As great as a teammate and as hard as Capella has played, he's not the same from last year after that Achilles. So potentially, I would be willing to give off these pieces to get a Rudy Gobert here. But again, it's early in, I mean, the season hasn't even concluded yet. So we still don't know what's going to be out there. David, the savant that you are, who else do you think is uh, in the realm of possibility as far as trade partners, potentially on how their situations go in their franchise? You know, it's always tough to say. Um, somebody who I think is going to forever kind of be, well, not forever, but has perpetually been a trade partner for teams looking to potentially offload their roster um, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they currently are still under the cap, so I would anticipate that they are going to do something um, 
before the draft. Uh, however, I really do not know what that move would be. Um, there's the possibility. The, the situation in Philadelphia is interesting because the James Harden contract is going to complicate the ability for the 76ers to retain Tobias Harris long-term, and he kind of has, no offense to him, one of the worst contracts in the NBA. So there is a potentiality where maybe he is routed to a place like Oklahoma City, who then is rerouting him to a place like Atlanta for expiring contracts like, I believe it's Gallinari, an expiring contract. Yes, and after this year, yes. Yeah, so there's definitely that that potential because that kind of seems like what Oklahoma City loves to do is get guys on expiring contracts and kind of help them revamp their reputation and then cut them loose. Uh, Tobias Harris, unfortunately, I believe, still has two two or three years left on his deal. Uh, and like I said, it's not a great one. So I, I really don't know. It's, it's so interesting because there, there's so many rumors kind of like starting to swirl right now, but it's still very early. Um, you know, the playoffs are still we're not even in the conference finals yet. So a lot can change over the next couple of weeks. And we we will see who was happy when the season ended that all of a sudden has been looking for a way out this entire time, according to sources. So, yeah, we will always change things. We're ready for them sources. And there's been rumblings and we're going to go back to Philadelphia that if. And obviously the Sixers are down 3-2 now, going back to Philadelphia for game six. It's looking bleak, even though the return of Embiid has given that team life, even though it was choked out last night like Melvin on uh, choking out Tyrese and Baby Boy uh, in game five down in Miami. But Doc Rivers' time. Doc Rivers potentially being gone from Philadelphia. And I know there's been Hawks fans talking about, even though the Hawks are number two in offensive efficiency in the NBA, of moving on from Nate McMillan and getting a more offensive-minded coach, which I am not opposed to. I don't think we should get rid of Nate McMillan right away. I think that potentially the coaching waiting needs to be hired this offseason as an offensive assistant or assistant coach. And we're going to get to that a little bit later, but um, but a lot of people have been saying Dan Tony to Atlanta, but obviously Dan Tony is going to be forever linked to Daryl Morey, who's now running things in Philadelphia. What is your thought on that situation and people trying to talk to Tony here, who I think is fine in his role in New Orleans and who has really done some great, great things with that offense down there as an advisor on that staff? You know, I don't think Mike D'Antoni is what the Hawks really want. Um, Bingo. <laughs> let's 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 just very quickly rewind here. Mike D'Antoni has had great success as a coach, never NBA championship success, but great success. He's coached arguably some of the greatest offensive teams to ever play in the NBA. And yet this is a man who has been I mean, really just kind of whether he left or was let go, every single place there's not a whole big swath of the fan base crying out for Mike D'Antoni. So, you know, offensively, he is he's very, very great. Defensively and everything else, I mean, that's, that's what he has assistance for. So Atlanta's issue is defense. And if you think that you're going to solve your defensive issue with 
an offensive coach, then that is unfortunately incorrect. Yeah, and at this point, Dan Tony, if you're an NFL fan, NFL fans that listen to the show, and obviously I'm an NFL guy as well, he is the Josh McDaniels of the NBA, and Josh McDaniels has won Super Bowls, and Dan Tony has not, as David mentioned, won any NBA championships. Uh, he's had great offenses, but offense is not the problem for the Hawks. It is defense, so I do not think Dan Tony will be a good fit. Now, I would love to hear your thought. This guy who I've tweeted about a little bit and I have mentioned on this program, especially last episode, I am curious as to because obviously we've seen the Hawks do this. They've they've had uh, Lloyd Pierce and they had the coaching waiting, which ended up being Nate McMillan hired onto the staff the year that Lloyd Pierce was let go. And obviously, you know how last year, you know, ended with Nate McMillan as the coach, them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. A lot of people have been clamoring for him and Millen out. So before I talk about this prospect, can you let the listeners know who are, you know, maybe calling for Nate McMillan to be fired to just hold their horses? Because I think you don't want to develop a reputation of a revolving door of coaches like is going on right now in Philadelphia, which hurts you in a coaching search, even though they have talent there on that team. You you don't want a situation where you're always looking over your shoulders because of that constant pressure. And I don't want Atlanta to turn into that. So even though this year was underwhelming, do you think maybe Mellon should lose his job? Even though there have been some very glaring no timeout in a 20-0 stretch situation that happened twice in this playoff series versus Miami. But what do you think about, obviously, these rumblings? I think, you know, this is a fan base who – arrived a year early to the party and a year later has forgotten that. And again, no offense to the people of Atlanta, you know, get out and vote. Don't get at me on Twitter with some smoke. Okay. That, 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 it ain't that deep, but this, this, this is the truth. Okay. The Hawks being in the Eastern conference finals was a surprise to everybody, including the Hawks, you know, and that is just keeping it a buck. And a year later when they unfortunately, succumb to a gentleman's sleep uh, you know it's disappointing of course but to to say that the the coach who got you there in the first place is the reason why now you're all of a sudden not good enough i i just don't that is that is very clearly a, a reactionary position you know because long view of that obviously that's that's not the case and you look at places that are to your point revolving doors for coaches the culture is a huge issue and culture again is going to be how you are able to create a defensive a defensive culture a defensive system that is cohesive that will work you have to work to build that you cannot just constantly be cycling out your coaching staff because the roster is very young in Atlanta and they're still very impressionable and for young players who go through a whole host of coaches we see how their careers very quickly become trivialized with all kinds of fodder in regards to why their team is not successful, why they aren't ready, all types of things, you know, and it is because it's hard to be an NBA player. That's why there's not that many of them. Like, that is the truth. It, it is hard. Nate McMillan is a good coach, 
He is a coach who very clearly has created a culture on that roster. And I think if anything, you go out and you try to find a great assistant to help him make the roster better. You do not look to replace him because very quickly surveying the landscape, what coach are you bringing in that's better than Nate McMillan that's available right now? Who, who is that? Quinn Schneider is still in Utah. Okay. That would be a great choice in my opinion, but he's still in Utah. And do you think he wants to go to Atlanta? He's going to have a whole host of options should he decide to leave. Who, who, who else are you going with? I mean, you know, like, I mean, I, some people after the last year may have said Nick Nurse because of the turmoil on that team in Toronto, but I don't think Nick Nurse is going anywhere. I know Nick the, Nurse is not going anywhere. Masai Ujiri was very clear about that as soon as the Toronto Raptors season ended. So, again, that's why I say, who are you going with? Are you going to bring on who? You and, know, like, there's, it, it, and there's no viable options. I know Kenny Atkinson has been no. a popular name, but, I mean, Kenny uh, it, it has, you know, has had in the ring for other jobs. You know, Mike Brown potentially, but Mike Brown already got hired as the Kings coach. But none, Absolutely. like I said, and even with Nate McMillan's faults as far as not playing rookies, which I know a lot of people are upset about here in Atlanta, not seeing enough Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper on the court, um, you know, letting him play kind of an old, st- old school mentality of kind of just letting things play out to the last possible minute, which culminated in some bad stretches and bad lineups being out there too long, which... It's right things to gripe about, and that's on Nate McMillan. And sometimes this game management is not the best. But I don't think a complete overhaul, like you said, is what's needed. I've always said this the entire season, and I'm gonna it goes to my one of my last questions I have for you is a name that's been thrown out at me on Twitter. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, he could be a pretty good fit as an offensive assistant, a potential coach in 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 waiting. If something were to happen, if Nate McMillan falters. Former Atlanta Hawk, I think Kyle Corver may be a good addition to this staff. I mean, right now he's hired as a player development coach in Brooklyn. And, you know, even with, you know, the problems that Brooklyn's had, their young players have developed pretty, pretty nicely in the minutes they've been given. Obviously, they've been given minutes because of injury and turnover on that roster, but their young players have been pretty good in Brooklyn. Now, he's, he hasn't had a full – I mean, it's, he's finally his season's ended, but full season of experience as a player development coach for the Nets. But he's familiar with Atlanta. He's a guy, and I said this on Twitter, that has basically played every single role in the NBA. He's been a bench warmer. He's been a, rota- a rotational guy. He's been six-man for teams. He's been starters. And he's also been an all-star, so he can speak to a whole bunch of different positions. And I think, I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people want to have on their team, as you've seen stars have asked for, you know, hey, Rudy, uh, Kyle Corver's availability over the years, like LeBron James and others, to add to their roster. So obviously he's not a problem in the locker room. And then and after that article he put out a few years ago about white privilege, I think he earned even more people's respect in the NBA. And if you have not read that article, definitely check that article out. But I think that Kyle Corver may be a good addition to the staff as an assistant because of all the great off-ball sets they've ran to get him clean looks. I would love for him to, you know, use some of those sets to get Trey Young some looks off the ball and what he can do offensively and maybe some player development, especially as a guy who's a great three-point shooter and you want a lot of people to have the three-point shot no matter what position you are on a team. 
what he can do in a player development wise. Like I think he would be a potentially good fit to try to snag in a very low key move as an offensive assistant and see what impact he can make. Now, what is your thoughts on that? Obviously, it, it, I mean, he played under Steve Nash, who had his struggles as a coach so far for Brooklyn, which some could be on him, some is just on the situation. But what do you think about maybe the Hawks bringing in Kyle Corbett as an assistant coach candidate this offseason? I mean, you know, it's it would be a fun storyline, but I – Personally, I don't think Kyle Korver is going to leave the Brooklyn Nets. I'm pretty sure they're probably paying him pretty well, and he would like to get another ring um, if possible. No offense, again, to the people of Atlanta, but, you know, you don't have Kevin Durant, so you're not as close as Brooklyn. That's just keeping it a buck. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it would be a great story, but I really do think if Atlanta is going to make any kind of change to their coaching staff, it needs to be – somebody who will help them lead their defense. Call Frank Vogel, okay? Call Frank Vogel. Call him and see if he wants to be an assistant. Because we know he, he's free. <laughs> we know he's free. Okay, so give him a ring before you give Kyle Korver a ring. You, you, you don't really have anybody on the roster who really needs a whole lot of help with their jump shot. Okay, that, again, which is a great problem to have. That's a great problem to have. So bring in a guy who will help them all understand what it means to play defense. You have players who are much more talented than Alex Caruso, and in my opinion, Frank Vogel helped Alex Caruso go out and get a big bag and turn into the valuable defensive player that he is currently. So I guarantee you he could do some great things with some of the guys that you got on that roster, especially the young ones. Um, yeah, and, and, and Vogel's a very interesting piece. So I wasn't saying you know Kyle Korver being a senior assistant um head coach but just adding him I think adding him to the staff could help some minutes of their offense when they do stall uh depending on how the roster shakes out of really creating some sets and some off-ball opportunities for Trey Young and others on the team which has really been a problem because outside of the pick and roll there's not a lot of movement and off-ball movement on this offense and as efficient as the offense is when the defense tightens up you're going to need some creative offensive sets like a Steve Kerr likes to run and what Pop has done for years in San Antonio to just add another element to make reads easier offensively for Trey Young to get that turnover number down and to relieve some pressure in the decision-making aspect. Now, I agree defense needs to continue to be the focus. And I think a Frank Vogel, like you said, added to the staff would be great as the assistant right behind Nick McMillan, who's won a championship, who's, you know, had some successful stints in the NBA and add him to the staff. I think that would be great on part of the Atlanta Hawks to do that. But that's what I was saying. Maybe Kyle Corbett has, you know, just will, will him in, will him in. Because if you bring him onto the staff with two really tenured coaches, one Naaman Millen was, you know, up there in all-time wins in regular season, and Frank Vogel was won an NBA championship, and they're both great for defense, and you have that offensive piece to add to an already good offensive team, I think that would maybe be the, the bare bones of a pretty good staff that could really u- utilize the roster here and take that next step outside of obviously the moves that they will make this offseason. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, so, uh, but like, but I mean, but we're, we're agreeing so on there needs to be some changes on the, on the coaching staff. Like, I, we're both in agreement there. Absolutely. And we're both in agreement that a trade needs to be made. And the Hawks have pieces that they can trade. 
in DeAndre Hunter, whether it's Gallo, whether it's Capella or Herter, there are some pieces and some flexibility for the Atlanta Hawks. So this is just the beginning of the rumors that are out there. And, you know, David is always on it. I mean, like I said, I was typing the tweet as my man sent the text to me about the rumors. I mean, he's on it. So you already know he's going to be back on this show as, you know, the, the dust continues to settle as the conclusion of the 2021-2022 NBA season comes and then the summer happens officially. That's like David said, oh, you know, you know, I really want to try to test the, the trade market or I'm not really happy here. Bam! It's time for the Hawks to strike. Well, and they will be ready to strike, so it remains to be seen who will want to go where. You know, um, there are rumors today that Zach Levine might be on his way out of Chicago. I've been telling people this off rip. I said as soon as Chicago did not sign him to a long-term extension when they had the chance, he was gone. Okay? He, he is a Rich Paul client, and again, not dissing Rich Paul, uh, because I don't want to get sued. I know he's getting sued right now, so I'm sure he'd love to pass that buck to somebody else. I want to get sued for defamation. Okay? But Rich Paul is going to make sure that his clients put the pressure on whatever team they are playing for. Um, and that's just a fact. That's, that's how he operates, you know. So it's not looking good for the Bulls. Uh, truthfully, I don't know why the Bulls would give Levine the money he's potentially eligible for, like a four or five year, $215 plus million dollar contract for a dude who very clearly needs a second knee surgery. There's a lot of questions there, uh, but Levine is an exciting player. He's relatively young, um, and he is an NBA commodity in terms of, you know, the the buzz factor of what signing him would do uh, for, for any team. So it, it remains to be seen what's going to happen in that regard. Um, but, yeah, Brad, like you said, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, ac- according to right now, Brad Beal is happy in, in Washington until, you know, two weeks from now when he is and he's ready to leave. So Cap. <laughs> A, a, a lot can change very, very quickly here, and I anticipate that it will um, because the CBA is going to be up in a couple of years, and guys are going to want to get their money while they can, and franchises are going to want to move players who they're not going to want to pay while they can before it becomes an even bigger issue. So I think that this will be an interesting offseason, um, not necessarily because there's a bunch of big names that are available, uh, but because I anticipate some pretty significant roster changes uh, across both conferences. Yeah, and the Hawks will definitely be there. And I was going to, obviously, we're running out of time for this episode. I was going to touch upon some players that the Hawks are bringing in for the draft, which the Hawks are gearing up for the draft, and they've been bringing in a slew of players over the last nine days here to Atlanta to evaluate. So that's going to be the next couple of episodes as I sit down and do some homework and I was going to get on my soapbox and talk about an LSU tiger that was brought in today, but you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hold that off. And instead I'm going to give the floor to David Bracey, who we want to thank again for coming to the program, having this conversation about DeAndre Hunter and obviously up for a rookie extension and not a trade rumors that Utah likes him. And, you know, people were so Jekyll and Hyde on him in the playoffs. Like, yeah, he's scoring, but defensively, blah, blah, blah. And now the rumors are out, and now you want to hold on to him. So that's why we had to bring in David to talk about this, uh, because you can't have your cake and eat it, too. But 
the person who is doing both is David because he's killing everything that he touches in his life. So I'm gonna give David the you know the platform to let the listeners know what he got going on and how they can connect with him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, as always, I really appreciate you having me on. Always happy to talk hoops. It's what I do in my sleep. Um, I can't help myself. Um, that's just what I do. So, as always, you can get at me on Instagram and Twitter, DFB underscore three. Um, and in regards to what we got cooking up, man, you know, the network is doing a lot of great stuff. I know for all your regular listeners, you give them constant reminders and constant great content. So, they already know. But for those who don't, you know, definitely make sure you're checking out all of our pages for sports betting. Go get yourself some money. Get your money. Get your money. Um, go check out our pages for football, for baseball, for NBA, for everything, whatever it is. We got a page for it. We've got contributors and they've got the need to know information to help you win your league, put some money back in your pocket or just really impress people when you're talking about the sport you claim to love so much. So check it out. Check it out. It's well worth it. And Brad, I look forward to the next time that we get to hop on a podcast together and talk about all the moves that the Hawks made and why Rudy Gobert is going to take the Hawks to the next level next season. Yes, sir, because in the words of Denzel, the game's chess, not checkers. And we out here, you know, plotting and scheming, stay scheming like French Montana, Drake, uh, <laughs> Ross, um, all that. Yeah, they're going to stay scheming. Young, oh, God, no. Like I said, we are not associated with YSL. Do not scoop us up. Please don't scoop us up. They even got the dog, too, guys. They even got the dog. So yeah, don't do- Free my dog. I- I- but uh, if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a review, and I just want to let you guys know um, the the dog that was barking earlier that was not the YSL dog that was my dog here in the house. Uh, he just wanted to say what's up to the listeners, but he even says give us a good review, share it, and tell everybody about the highest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, the season's over, but the content does not stop, even if it's slower because the off season has yet to really kick off. But until then, share it. With Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, and it does not matter. Put them on to this show before the next season because I think the Hawks are – just get ready for next season. Get ready for next season, especially if Rudy Gobert is in a Hawks uniform. Follow us on Twitter at EthosHawks on Twitter. That's at EthosHawks on Twitter. And then follow myself if you ever want to talk Hawks. I am available. I do check my mentions. We had some conversations today on Twitter. So hit me up on Twitter at Brad Jarrett 67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. Appreciate you all. Always great to get a guest to talk shop and bounce some ideas off of. You know, David Bracey is one of the greatest. And if you have not heard of him and this was the first episode, get ready for more of him because this man is the GOAT. He's going places just like this Hawks team. So we'll catch you guys next episode.